Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Hello. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so happy to be here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, so welcome back to Flower Power Hour. I am Grayson. And I'm Catherine. And this is our filled week. We're filling all your needs, all your crevices, all your mm-hmm. holes in your baked goods this week. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any, Family show for sure. Yeah. Any cracks you had in your pie crust, we're filling them. Any gaping emotional wounds you have from your childhood, we're just going to pump them full of delicious cream and jellies and, and acetola cream. And, <laughs> and we're going to call that good enough. We're going to call that healing. We're going to call that you're fine. Yep. We're going to call it what it is healing. We're going to call that, you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. That's what this country was made out of. Mm-hmm. And everything's going really, really well. Yeah. It's working out for us so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine, how are you? I feel like I haven't gotten to talk to you this weekend. I know. Well, I was in New Jersey for, um, we were celebrating my mother-in-law's birthday a few weekends late. And went to see her and open up some Christmas gifts gifts late because we hadn't gotten to see each other with, like, my husband's brother and his girlfriend and everyone for a while. So we got to exchange some gifts and um, go to a, a baby's birthday party, which was fun. So it was very eventful. So you went to a rave? Is that what I understand? You went to a full-blown rave? Full-blown rave, lots of gloving, lots of... Um, what are those things called? Not highlighters. Glow sticks? Uh, glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> they look like highlighters. As you can tell, Catherine and I were big on the party scene. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, still, are. Was... still are. <laughs> still are. From this, to this day. Mm-hmm. To this yeah. Sunday afternoon when we're recording a podcast about things that we've baked mm-hmm. in our homes. Baked not 48 hours ago. And now not we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oof. Um, but that sounds lovely. That sounds nice. Getting to visit with the family. Yeah. It was very relaxing. It's, it's really calm out there. I feel like I sleep better. Um, it's just so much quieter than living in the big city. Living in the New York. The New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they call it the city that never sleeps. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I don't know if, if that's like a niche thing. Interesting. Yeah. No, I hadn't ever heard that before. I wonder, huh? Yeah. Maybe that's I the Gen Z thing. It's probably. Like. It's a center part, yeah. wide leg jean uh, nomenclature for, for New York City. Interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. I feel like a lot of people sleep here, but who am I? What do you I know? You said you sleep better when you're not there. So maybe everyone else is of the same they're sleeping. It's not quality sleep. And this would be a great place to foyer into an ad for Casper mattresses. But um, that sponsorship doesn't exist. And I don't own a Casper mattress, so I couldn't speak to it. I was going to say, I don't either. So I maybe if it was a tuft and needle advertisement, then I could do it. Um, I could do an advertisement for one of these six mattress stores that is within like four city blocks of my home. And I don't know why there's so many. It's just. Is Big Mattress located in D.C.? What's what's going on there? It's not something I noticed until somebody in our 
of course, listserv brought it up. Like mm. somebody interjected it as a joke um, into somebody else's chain conversation. And it was the first time that I realized there were just a weird amount of mattress stores around us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And he keeps finding ways to bring it up. Like it's his little <laughs> fun fact that he's brought to the, the listserv um, email chain. But it's like, yeah, no, we heard you the first time. We we were all there, Tim. We got it. Um, and some of them have actually closed them. So it's like, it's not as funny anymore. These places are going out of business. <laughs> no one needs mattresses. <laughs> well, because everyone is moving to New York and you don't sleep there. So there you go. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. That's really true. Or if you do sleep here, then it's in some weird thing that's not a mattress. You're sleeping in like an elevated beanbag chair or maybe hanging from a rope or I don't know people oh, do weird oh, stuff here oh oh I don't okay. know vampires what well they don't sleep from ropes they sleep in coffins but yeah were you thinking of bats that hang upside down from their little feet I think that is what I was thinking of and because vampires sort of go along with they're, they're parallel to one another so I I think I got lost in the sauce there for a second. But speaking of sauces, you can fill things with sauces. <laughs> you lost the plot. You lost the plot, but it's okay. You came back to it. You mm-hmm. came back to it. Yeah, much like um, Sam Levinson, we lost the plot. But maybe in season two, we'll get it back. Who knows? Stick around and find out. What is that a reference to? This reference is being lost on me. Sam Levinson created and directs uh, Euphoria. Yeah, and we'll talk about it later. Because I think we podcasts, both have deep thoughts. Because podcasts are a visual medium, I'm going to describe my face. Um, perfectly angular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shocking. Never been proportion. No. Um, Kat, I, as soon as I asked what this was in reference to, um, right as Catherine said euphoria, I immediately was like, of course it is. And I just tried to abstain from any expression, but it didn't work. Um, my eyebrows no. gave it away. They gave it away. You got big eyebrows. It's the thing, or it was the thing. I don't know what the thing is with, with the fashions anymore. Yeah. Now it's like um, taking like a, a soap or a clear something and like making your eyebrows stick up. Oh, like fanning them out, kind of. Yeah, is that still? Yeah. A, is that the thing? Okay, I, I think it's still a thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm exhausted. Is it meant to make your face look dewy? Because, for, for such a large part of the population, dewy just looks greasy, mm-hmm. and unbathed. So not everyone can just to to your point take a block soap, brush their eyebrows heaven upwards and walk out the front door and call that done I don't know what it is I I kind of wonder if it's sort of like a workaround for people who don't have super thick eyebrows and so you sort of fan them up to make them look thicker oh I don't know I don't or maybe it's like a messy like a messy cute lady look I don't know uh we'll we'll just we'll have to um when I was home over Christmas, I was talking to my niece. She is 13 years old. Mm. And um, we were kind of like talking about what the fashion is. And like, I was like, what are, what are you guys buying? Like, 
you know, what are 13 year olds in middle America looking for at the mall? And her mom interjected to say that on her Christmas list, on my niece's Christmas list this year, were gold Crocs, um, which is like, I guess, coming back in some way, like gold Crocs with faux shearling lining. And uh, myself, my uncle, like a large group of us in the room, um, either like gasped in shock or just kind of puzzled. Um, I just, I know all fashion is, is like circular and trends ultimately come back mm-hmm. around. I'm okay without this one. I could have left Crocs, low rise jeans. What else are we doing now? Um, um, I feel like peplum tops are kind of making a comeback. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, I kind of, I kind of feel like they are, but I, it's devastating. Devastating is not too dramatic a word to use. Devastating. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, um, wow. Remember when we used to make the kids who wore Crocs were like made fun of severely. It was never. And, and the response was always they're comfortable. And it's like, so there are no other comfortable shoes. Is that what you are communicating mm-hmm. to me? That there are no other shoes that right. are comfortable and not these. Because the shoes that I will wear, the Venn diagram of shoes I will wear are a circle of shoes that are not Crocs and shoes that are comfortable. But I don't know. I don't know. My Birkenstocks are wildly comfortable. Super comfortable. Yeah. I mean, do you have to break them in? Yes. But there's there's a learning curve with everything. Anything worth having, you got to work for. Yeah. And this week's bake actually was a really good lesson on that. So, hmm. For... For you, you feel that way? I do. I do. And it's funny because as I was doing the bake, I was listening to, do you listen to Las Culturistas? No. Okay. It has Bone Yang a la SNL fame and his best friend, Matt oh. Rogers. Yeah. Yes. She's nodding her head. Yes. So. Tickled bitties. You yeah. did a bit. It's lots, yeah. lots of It's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was listening to it and they were talking about they were rapidly recapping a lot of episodes of reality that re- reality TV that happened recently. And they said they got done talking about project runway. And I believe it was Matt who said he just like, he doesn't, doesn't really have any interest in like the baking shows right now. He just said like mm-hmm. nothing was holding his interest. And he said his issue is like, I can't taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were, Bowen responded, yeah, like with Project Runway, obviously you don't get to wear the fashions, but you get to see them. But I would argue that, you know, we're looking at these shows and it's like, I've, you know, never been able to eat anything that I've seen featured on a TV show that was about baking it. But in the same way that on Project Runway, you're not wearing the clothes, you're looking at them. With the baking shows and food shows, you're also looking at the end product. You're seeing somebody <laughs> take a bunch of loose unrelated ingredients and make something totally different um sometimes very difficult and kind of marveling at that in the way that you would marvel at like a fashion designer having a day to make something really incredible and pulling it off um so yeah i just uh i just feel like that erasure was not was not deserved but we're taking it to a whole nother level because we're just talking about the food you can't even see it unless you go on the podcast instagram flower at flower power hour pod and just 
stare at the pictures, but I digress. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a that's so interesting. I feel because I feel like that could be said for any television show. Like you may have never murdered someone, but people still love watching um, <laughs> maybe you've never been in love before, but people still watch Jennifer Lopez fall in love over and over again. Like oh. you're, it's acting. It's if it's J Lo, is it acting? I don't know. Sorry, no, sorry. No, we're not. So, do we want to get into these? Yeah. Should okay. I? I go first. Love you are. Time. You are on first this week. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Right. I'm gonna go ahead and send you the photos preemptively. Okay, Feel should I react to them, them in real time or should I hold off? You you can react to them in real time. There's nothing, I mean, they're not like, I had like a fairly okay bake this week. So there was nothing detri- detrimental that went wrong that caused the bake to um, completely falter, like the Swedish delight issue. <sighs> yes. So, this is not your Turkish delight. This is not, oh, Turkish delight, Turkish delight. Um, yeah, this is not that. So I decided to make cream puffs and can you not, can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're making a face. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear about your cream puffs. I just, uh-huh. I'm, here, I'm all ears. I'm like that meme of that mouse that's being read a bedtime story. My ears are all the way out here. Okay, uh-huh. Grace and I are facing timing, so I can see her, and I can just tell from her face that... No, no, my per- my perfectly my, my perfectly proportioned face mm-hmm. is not doing anything. Okay, yeah, that's the problem. So, we... <laughs> so I made cream puffs, and I was really excited because, one, on Great British Baking Show, they always talk about how they make um, shoe paste, uh, not shoe paste, but, uh, well, maybe shoe paste, but uh, shoe buns or um, shoe pastry. And it's a type of dough, I guess, that mm-hmm. you would use to make um, certain types of pastry. Like, it's it's the type of thing that you would use to make eclairs. You use it to make cream puffs. Um, essentially, it's a pretty soft dough you can't really mold it with your hands what you typically would do is put it in a piping bag and then squeeze it out into whatever shape you need it to be um so it's it's pretty it's pretty soft but it um does cling together really nicely so it's not um so soupy that it's kind of like going all over the place um but just just not firm enough for you to mold Mm -hmm. so I was really excited to try and make it. I watch a lot of great British baking show. And so I thought like, Oh, this will be really fun to try. They always talk about how difficult it is. So I think that I could make this happen. And, um, I also just really love things that are cream filled. Like I love whipped cream. I would much rather have like a whipped cream cake than a cream that has uh, buttercream on it is like the icing. I don't really like buttercream that much. Okay. So, um, I love things filled with whipped cream or filled with a cream filled with, um, this in particular is called like a creme pat. Uh, it's kind of like a yellowish in color, but it, it almost kind of resembles like a very, very lightly flavored vanilla pudding almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you fill it with. And, um, I also dip mine in chocolate. So I, in the recipe that I use by sugarspunrun.com. We'll link it. It's um, 
just a blogger that makes recipes and Sam, the woman who, or the person that wrote this recipe, she had them sprinkled with powdered sugar on top, but I just really love chocolate. So I was like, I'm just going to dip them. Um, and but because Doug does not love chocolate. Doug is, Doug loves white chocolate. He likes milk chocolate, but he's not as big of a fanatic as I am about it. And just to be uh, clear, I'm looking at these, I'm looking at these cream puffs and they look to be dark chocolate dipped. It's semi-sweet. Okay. A semi-sweet semi chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I like a little um, bitterness to my chocolate. So okay. I usually go for a semi-sweet or a dark chocolate. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but when you bake a uh, shoe, it um, hollows out in the middle, which is why it's so easy for like a filled pastry that if you're making that. Um, and so because it, it hollows out, it's also really easy to cool down quickly. And so it's not a lot of time between like taking it out of the oven, letting it cool and then dipping it and filling it, which is really nice. It's kind of like it moves pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. That's a two-step process. So first what you're doing is you're making the pastry cream or the creme pat. And it's um, whole milk, heavy cream, and then you take, to be specific, 67 grams of sugar because I use a scale when I measure out things. And you're putting all of that into a heavy-bottomed saucepan. I'm not... <laughs> I could not tell you if my pans are heavy, uh, heavy bottomed, no, but they, no. they work. So it's fine. Um, so you're going to take that to a simmer before removing it from the heat. You're just kind of like combining it all together and kind of mm -hmm. melting those flavors. Um, at this point I did not, but they, she recommended using a vanilla bean. Um, I just used vent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, with what money, with what, with what family endowment? And I'm going to go and buy multiple vanilla beans. Yeah. I don't know where she thinks like in a Wegmans I'm going to find vanilla bean, <laughs> but it's not at the Brooklyn Navy yard. Mm -mm -mm. So I just used vanilla extract instead. Um, but I kind of made my first error in this and I ended up just starting all over because I was so early on in the process and I was like, Oh, I'll just start over. It's not that big to deal. But I had that on the oven and I was letting it simmer on medium. And in the meantime, you have to take, five egg yolks and combine them with some sugar and then eventually some cornstarch to thicken it. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, Oh, I'm going to go ahead and start that process. And then, um, like it, I'll just go back to the thing that's on the stove in a minute. It's not gonna, I mean, it's on medium, like it's not going to simmer over anything. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm putting these egg yolks in and everything and like getting that prepped I turn around when I start hearing like on my stove and I turn around and it's completely boiling over, just completely boiling over. And wait, how and much milk was this? Like a cup of milk? It was a cup of milk, a cup of heavy cream, and then six, a, a third cup of sugar. So it was not mm. like, it wasn't nothing, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even halfway filling up the saucepan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like furiously like taking it off the pan. Doug's asking like, oh, is everything okay in there? Everything's fine. It's fine. Don't look over here. It's fine. <laughs> so I take it off and I see that like some of the, the liquid had gotten on the burner, which is fine, except it started to smell like caramel. So I think I accidentally made caramel on my burner because I was smelling caramel and I looked over and it was like all caramelly colored. I'm like, this is not what I was going for, but. Oh yeah. That was our candy bake. That was, that was week two. That was, week that two. was the candy bake. Yeah. I just kind of lost mm -hmm. myself for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Disqualified immediately. 
<laughs> immediately. It's the Olympics, everyone. So oh, then, <laughs> also something I'm on a tear about. Go on. Oh gosh, really? That's... Have you ever watched cross country skiing? No. It's like these are so it looks awkward. It looks ugly. And it looks like they're all doing it wrong, but there's no way because these are the top athletes in the world. It's just a lame sport. And then let's make it a biathlon where you look weird and you're running all over the place in skis. You're going to stop and shoot a pellet gun and you're just going to keep running. Oh, and you do this for over an hour, like until it's dark. I just don't understand what... Chris was telling me the original application was like military. Like this was to be done, like this was part of a military training exercise. Maybe let's just leave it there. Because at home on my couch, this just looks nuts. This does not look like, it, it doesn't look like gymnastics where we can all understand the fact that that woman just flipped 18 times in the air and landed perfectly on her feet without missing a, a beat is impressive. It doesn't look like that. So I digress. Um, you made caramel. And then what? <laughs> The pe- you lost me at the pellet gun. I was, that was like a very huge detour. Ugh. that We're going to have to explore more later. But <laughs> I took it off and I kind of just let it simmer down. I was like, okay, this is fine. Not that much spilled over. I'm just going to go with it and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I had taken a spatula and was kind of like scraping the caramelly stuff off of the burner. Mm-hmm. And then I set it down and like went to check on my egg yolks and came back and I had my, um, my cream mixture back on medium heat and I picked up the same spatula and used it to stir the, um, liquid mixture. Mm-hmm. And then I raised it up and I saw that there was gunk on the bottom of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's burnt sugar on the bottom of this. Like I had oh. to dump all of it out. Oh, so no. I dumped it before I remembered that it was the same spatula that I used to scrape off gunk from the burner. And that's why it had burnt stuff on the tip of the spatula. Not because oh. the liquid was burnt, but I figured it was, you know, a sign from God. I got to throw this stuff out. <laughs> so it was fine. I had to get way too much cream anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just restarted it. And when it simmered, I took it off. You let it cool. Um, because again, it's the whole like hot cold thing. So you have your egg yolks and um, some cornstarch to thicken it up. And then um, once your cream mixture that was on the stove or yeah, on the stove top, once it is cooled down a bit, you're then slowly pouring it into the egg mixture because you don't want to make scrambled eggs. So you're like whisking rapidly while also pouring in the hot mixture into the egg yolks. Mm-hmm. So doing that and then you are just combining it all together. And then once it's combined, you're putting it back in the saucepan and you're putting it back on the stovetop because you want it to start getting really thick because now you're making a custard. Mm-hmm. Similar to in my very first bake where I was making a limey custard for the um, bars, mm-hmm. the mint bars. Um, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Like you're putting it on there and you have to wait for it to get really, really thick. Um, it didn't give me a time for how long I needed to, like how long I should be expecting for it to take to get thicker. Why do you need a time, Catherine? Do you have plans? Just sit there. Just sit there and wait for it. What? Yeah. You need exact Actually, directions. You don't just know by birth how mm-hmm. to make a custard or, or a curd or a pudding. Come on. You're right. Actually, this is what I meant when I told you I need to work on my patience because I, I really, like, <laughs> these are the moments where I'm like, 
go with God. Like you just gotta just let Grayson yell at me on a recording and then just move on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it turned out well. So I just kept whisking and you know, <laughs> yeah, Grayson's doing I'm shimming my shoulders. Yeah, that's what it's my, exciting. That's what my whisk was doing. It's a little shimmy. <laughs> and, um, I'm a sexy little was, whisk. <laughs> It said, wait, uh, you know, it's going to get thicker, um, but again, didn't give a time limit, but it didn't say slightly thick. It said it's going to get thick. So I was like, okay, I have to wait for this to get like really thick. So I'm doing it and then I'm kind of like scraping the bottom as I'm doing it. And I lifted up my um, stirrer, whatever, and I saw that there was kind of like gunkiness on the bottom. And I was like, oh man, I made scrambled eggs. Like this sucks. And so I kind of like- like it looked like scrambled eggs? Kind of, Yeah. Did it, this is going to sound weird. Did it smell like, did it smell like scrambled eggs? It didn't. It didn't okay. smell like scrambled eggs. So I kind of like scraped off my thing that I was like, I'm going to go with it. And then I realized exactly what I think you're thinking is that it's not scrambled eggs. It was just the, it was the custard getting thick. Okay. Um, but because it's sort of this yellowish color from all of the yolks, it kind of does resemble a little bit of a scrambled egg, but it was just the custard getting thicker. So I waited for it all to kind of get to that texture and it's going to get really thick. Like it's not going to get lumpy. It should not be lumpy, but it is going to get thicker. Okay. So, um, you do that and then you pour it in a bowl and then you're going to whisk in, um, a piece of butter at a time, four tablespoons to be exact. And each time you have to wait for the whole thing to melt and then you can add in the next one. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that to kind of get it into a nice, like glossy, creamy, it should at this point look like what you would imagine a custard or a pudding to look like. Um, and then you have to do, there's because I think like custard and shoe is a little temperamental in ways. There are like little specific things you have to do to make sure you're, it's going to turn out right. One of them being, you need to lay down a piece of, um, oh gosh, not wax paper, but like the sticky paper, um, uh, cling wrap. Yes. You're going to take a piece of cling wrap and you need to press it down into the custard lightly because Mm -hmm. you don't want the custard to form a film on top so the um cling wrap that will happen if it doesn't have something touching it yeah i don't know why maybe it has something to do with like the the air getting in and creating a film on top but the the yeah the cling wrap is supposed to prevent it from doing that so you kind of like softly like pat pat down some cling wrap on top of it and then you let the um custard cool for 30 minutes and then you can put it in the fridge and let it continue cooling while you make your shoe pastry Mm mm-hmm so now to the shoe. I was honestly expecting this to be a lot harder than it was. I because thought, it's on break because it's on bake off so often or it's on bake up so often. And so I was like, oh, this must be like a really impressive thing to do because it, they do it so often. But now I think I know why they do it so often and like especially in their um the last bakes that they do where they kind of have to come up with something really cool. And sometimes they need an extra decoration or just want like an extra piece or something. And shoe is actually, in my opinion, quite easy to make. And it, it cooks really, bakes really easily and you can manipulate it in a lot of ways. So, um, I just took a cup of water, some unsalted butter and some salt and put it in a, in a, I've used like a pretty large saucepan. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I put it in there and you're going to get it to a rolling boil. So it's going to get really boily Okay. and um, mini boils. Then you're going to put a cup of all-purpose flour on top and then you're mixing it really rapidly to combine all of that. Mm-hmm. I did that, but I think what I didn't do, and I wonder if this would have been better because it, it didn't get clumpy, but like some of the little pieces of um, flour didn't completely dissolve into the shoe. Mm-hmm. So no I matter how hard you stirred it. No matter how hard I stirred it. I think it, it becomes really thick that it does hurt your arm to stir it a lot. So I think maybe it was just a little bit of like, I didn't have the patience to like, switch arms and like do it until the the flour dissolved completely but there were like little flecks of flour in it still mm. I wonder if maybe if I had sifted the flour that would have been better because then you would have kind of eliminated those clumps ahead of time but still tasted fine so it was not a big deal but just something to note that if you're going to do this um maybe do a little bit of flour at a time or try sifting it into the into the water butter salt mixture Either way, um, it's going to get really thick and it's going to look a little dry, but the goal there is that you want to stir it enough that it's going to form together and it's going to pull away from the sides of your saucepan or whatever sort of um, pot you're using. Um, It's going to pull away and it's going to really easily like pick up off of the pan. Okay. In my head, I was imagining like sticking to the side and cooking to the sides and it was, I obviously know that's not how it's supposed to go, but like, I'm just imagining it burning in your pot (laughs) I feel like that is could be a really that could be a real danger like I think that that I was kind of surprised that that didn't happen and I don't know if the flour just absorbs the liquid so quickly that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have time to burn um but it very quickly like I was I you know mixed the flour in and then immediately like it just started pulling away from the sides wasn't sticky at all um, looked a little dehydrated, but I think that's how it was supposed to look because then you're going to put in another four, not enough. Oh, I mean another in terms of like the whole recipe, you're using a lot of eggs. So you're putting in four more eggs to the shoe. Um, and that is when it's going to get really glossy and your shoe is, it's still going to pull away from the sides, um, a bit, but it's going to get glossy and it's going to get, um, less thick and it's going to look more more hydrated but so i'm so sorry you might have said this Mm -hmm. at this point so you've taken it you've taken the pot off the heat oh i didn't say that you're right so yeah at this point i've taken it off of the heat okay i I didn't know i was like stirring things vigorously but i'm like how vigorously do you have to be stirring this to not cook four eggs because you know it's over medium but okay totally yeah it was on medium and then you sort of I think after you put in the flour, you put it, you turn it to, um, between medium and low, and then you turn it. Which are not actual temperatures. Those are not helpful things. Go on. They're not. They're completely subjective, but whatever. We didn't design (laughs) ovens. And I took the eggs and put them in. And that was another moment, exactly what you said, where I was like, these, I'm going to make fried eggs. Like, this is going to be so gross. But it didn't. It worked out. Before you put the eggs in, it does say to, like, once you take it off the heat, stir it a few times to, I guess, more quickly cool it down. Probably Um, releases some heat. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if you never – if 
I'm just trying to think. I feel like flour would dampen it. Not dampen, that's not the right word, but like mm-hmm. absorb so much of the heat mm-hmm. that even if, you know, if we're going from medium to a slightly less temperature and then we're just removing it all together. Because it, again, it's like we said, you don't want to, you're not cooking the dough in the pot. We're not, we're not mm-hmm. there yet. No, not yet. Okay, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> On the edge of our seats. And then once you put the eggs in, you're, <laughs> I actually, I like did two of them because you put an egg in and then you stir it to combine and then you add the next egg, so forth and so on. But my arm was getting so tired. I had to pull Doug in to be oh. like, take over oh. and pass the baton to him. And so he did of one labor. Egg. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're a very unionize. modern household. Let Doug's unionize. <laughs> he deserves healthcare. He deserves dental. He deserves a 15 minute smoke break. He deserves, um, I don't know, to not, to, to have some forewarning that he's going to be brought in on this. I know he had to stop watching house and everything. Oh, how, so wait, did you say house? Yeah. The show with Hugh Laurie. Yeah. He's rewatching it. I don't know. That's so great mm-hmm. for you guys. Yeah. For your yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Your ho- your yeah. household, it's great. It's it's going really well in our um, 500 square foot apartment. We're, we're both really enjoying it. So he's, he stirred in a couple of eggs. And mm-hmm. then once that happens, you're putting it into a piping bag. And then you're going to pipe it out onto, I use silpats, but you could use parchment paper or whatever. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if, if this ever thing ever takes off and we start getting advertisers, I really hope... That whoever makes Silpats <laughs> is advertiser. I don't know if that's too niche. Mr. and Mrs. Silpat. Mr. and Mrs. Silpat. I would love more of your products. AKA your Silpats. I think you have used them. If this is our fifth bake. Quite a few mm. times already. I was about to say, I think this is like your third time. I think this is the third time that your Silpats have made an appearance on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. I just love them so much. Mm. Have you gotten an 8x8? No. Oh, okay, go on. Maybe we should get a sponsor that makes 8x8s. Maybe a Pyrex. Maybe one Pyrex 8x8. Ooh, I love I would. I would take a Pyrex 8x8. Okay. Free? Pyrex. Yeah, you wouldn't say no to it. For free? Yeah, for free. <laughs> I feel like there's always Pyrex at a Goodwill. Oh, God. You can always find a Pyrex at a Goodwill. But yeah. I don't know. I don't want it there. Anyway. Were you about to say you don't want a used one? No, I was going to say I don't want to shop at a Goodwill. Uh, oh, okay. No, because I just, I, I've started to feel this way the more I see, like, young Gen Zers in New York do, like, thrift shopping and stuff. Um, and they, like, are influencers or their parents pay for everything because it, there's, there's, I don't know if everyone knows this, there's a giant homeless population in New York. And I just not to get on like a soapbox, but like shopping for stores or like Goodwills, it's, you're not the target population for those. That's the people that really need those discounted products and clothing. So I try to take my money elsewhere so that people can actually buy it. It's interesting you say that because I was having, I don't remember the conversation that prefaced something like that, but um, Chris was saying he had read an article that was talking about how people... Are, are pulling away from thrift shopping and and you know because I think it mentioned maybe Goodwill by name, but they the you know the 
companies were saying, we do want people of all economic strata shopping in these stores because it shows people, it gives other people reason to not shy away because then you can do like, it creates employment and stuff like that. But, you know, I see what you're saying. Like if there was a finite amount of things, um, you wouldn't want to like steer anyone away or make them think that there's, there's less of it, but um, such a complex you want to, it's so hard where you're just like, I want to be helpful. How best do I be helpful? Okay, this is me being helpful. Oh, wait, is this harmful? Oh, no, I'm being harmful. It's just, you know, yeah, no good deal. Yeah. It, it, that's a really good point, though. Like, I didn't, I never thought about it that way, but it does sort of encourage people to be like, this isn't weird or this doesn't make me gross to shop here because other people are. And they look yeah. normal. So <laughs> it's a complex issue that I, I'm not equipped to solve, but. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. There's still time. So, um, so anyway, about the shoe pastry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I then put it in a piping bag, and okay. I did not have piping bags, nor did I intend to buy any, even though I definitely texted my sister multiple times being like, is this the right piping tip that I should buy while I'm making these um, cream puffs? And like asking her for tips because she's an incredible baker and <laughs> ended up not buying any of them. So I just use a Ziploc bag yes. and I cut the tip off big enough to like push dough through. Mm-hmm. And again, like this is, it's not, it like, gets pipeable. Like don't think that you're like trying to pipe cookie dough. It's extremely pipeable. It's not going to be, you're not putting a lot of effort into squeezing this dough out. Okay. So I piped it onto my Silpats, and she recommended doing, oh, what was it? Um, they should be two inches wide and one inch tall. So they're quite big, cream puffs. These look really sizable. I mean, just yeah. based on the size of your baking sheet. They were they were quite big. So I aimed for that. They don't spread a lot. Like, however wide you're going to um, make them, they're not going to spread out more than that, but they will get taller. So I wasn't so worried about like making sure they were like X amount of inches apart from one another. Cause I knew that it would be very unlikely that they would end up touching. So I tried to make them pretty sizable because I had all this dough. So I wanted to use it. So I piped them out and then, um, you can, you just like, there's no like technique that I know of to piping these out. You kind of just pipe it out and then, um, you can take a little bit of water on your finger and press down the top, um, because that will flatten out the top. Because if you're piping a shoe, what you'll notice is that, um, you'll pipe it out. And then I took scissors and like cut the dough off when I finished piping however much I wanted, um, to, to like get it to unstick from the piping bag and then you'll notice that it'll hold its shape really well and so if you take a little water on your finger and push it down you can kind of very easily mold it into having a nice domed top instead of one that's like sticking up because you like cut the pastry or because you like ripped it off with your finger or whatever so I did that and then you bake it in the oven for 30 minutes 400 degrees until golden brown and they look dry and hollow on the inside sorry but they look dry and like kind of like <laughs> did you say same yeah uh-huh. dry and hollow we put you we put grayson in the oven and then we take her out only when she's golden brown mm-hmm. and hollow on the inside it really doesn't take that long 10 minutes tops 10 minutes. Don't let the screaming dissuade you. You need to shut that oven and leave that door closed. Cause we've talked before on this podcast about how you can't just be opening these doors left and right. 
you really can't. You can't, especially when doing the Sylvia Plath method. You really have to keep the door shut. You can't go back opening and closing it. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. It's not going to achieve the p- primary result that you're looking for. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that was a bit, everyone. We don't put Grayson in the oven. Um, what I bit? And don't worry about it. We'll talk about we'll it. We have to take the racks out. Oh, yeah. Oh, duh, Catherine. I'm not going to okay, put a fully well, racked oven. Racked up on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Caked up in an oven. I am so excited. At the grocery store, I got two pints of my favorite ice cream brand. And I also have some leftover cake. And so I'm going to have dessert. I'm really excited. From your mother-in-law's birthday? Um, No, the cake is from a bakery because... um. Our friends, Kelsey and Tony, so Tony of Kelsey and Tony, he mm-hmm. passed his nurse practitioner's board um, <gasps> test. Snaps, so snaps, 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 Congratulations, snaps. Tony. We're so oh happy for you. Yeah, That's so awesome. we went out to dinner and um, we brought him cake to celebrate. So. Okay, so I, I thought the end story was going to be Tony passed his nurse practitioner's exam. Huge, huge achievement, especially after him and Kelsey spelled, have, have been nurses. Mm-hmm. The entirety of COVID. I mean, before, yeah. but also they've been, you know, yeah. I mean, if I, if I were him, I would go and do any other job. But yeah. no, I'm going to double down. Uh-huh. Passes as a nurse practitioner's exam. And I thought the end result was going to be, yeah, so we went out to dinner and, and we got cake and I took it home. But no, you brought the cake. And so it makes sense for you to, to leave with the extra. Yeah. Yes. I only left with the extra that of mine, not the, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Totally took away from him. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I don't remember. Oh, right. Put it in the oven. <laughs> 30 minutes. So I so I actually did. I had a light on my oven. So I turned the light on and I saw that um, with about eight minutes left, mine were already golden brown on the top. Like how the picture that you're looking at without the chocolate on top, that's how they looked when I took when I was checking them. Okay. So, when I saw that, I was like, oh, they got golden brown really quickly. Like, they look good. Let me touch it and see, you know, how it how it's turning out and make sure that it's actually as dry as it's supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. So I took them out and I just kind of touched it a little bit to see if it was dry enough. And it, it felt dry enough to me. Like, it, it felt dry. I tapped on it and it sounded hollow on the inside. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I still have eight. turtle shell action. Yeah, but these look done already. So after you do it for 30 minutes, you have to then um, turn the oven off, leave them in for another 10 minutes, um, but with the door ajar, of mm-hmm. the, the door of the oven ajar. Okay. So I, I was like, okay, well, it still has, technically I have to do at least another 10 minutes. So let me just go ahead and start the 10 minutes now since they already look done. Um, so I took them out and I, this, at this point, you're also poking a hole on the side of them so that later you can pipe in the cream. Mm-hmm. So I poked my holes and then I put them in the oven and I left the door ajar, turned off the oven and left it and everything was fine. Took them out. They looked great. <laughs> they looked hollow on the inside. I could kind of see through the holes that I had poked and I had a test one that I sort of opened up a little bit more to look inside. And on the inside, it kind of looked like, um, it was hollow, but there were like little side layers on the top and bottom, um, that just like little thin layers of like golden 
squishy something, golden squishy dough, I guess. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe that's just kind of what it looks like on the inside. And so I tasted a bite of it and it tasted a little eggy. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is how it's supposed to taste. So I did a little research and found out that if it, um, if it tastes eggy like that, either one, you use too many eggs, which I followed the recipe, so I'm assuming that wasn't the issue, or mm -hmm. two, you didn't cook them long enough. So I okay. do actually think that mine did need those eight extra minutes because while the outside did look dry and golden, the inside was still um, moist, and then the eggy part hadn't the eggy part of the dough hadn't cooked fully, and it was creating that eggy taste. It's so it's so, so crazy because like. Again, to our point of like, what's medium, what's low, yeah. what's thick. It's like, and I mean, this is so, I guess this is why you, you know, it's, it's not that you were baking these to take them to some big party where mm -hmm. people were expecting them to look, look presentable and taste presentable or whatever, but it's something that you get a, a, over time and with practice. But it's like, I'm looking at the picture Catherine sent me of, of these, these puffs sitting in the oven. The tops are totally golden brown, mm -hmm. like, and you can see where they've expanded upwards and you can imagine the inside's hollow. And if I was looking at these, I would have done the same thing. I would have said eight minutes is too long. Maybe my oven is just especially mm -hmm. warm as compared to whoever wrote this recipe. But, um, okay. Now we know. Now we know. I know. That's what I thought too. And I started to think like, oh, I, I have a gas oven maybe those tend to run hotter than, you know, electric. Do people but... don't have gas ovens? Like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> I'm not going to get in a class discussion about who doesn't, doesn't. I, I just, I don't know. An electric? I, my parents have an electric. Okay, there we are. My, my parents have an electric. I think gas is more common up north, too. That's it. Okay, that's it. Because yeah. I feel like when we lived in Florida, if you went to somebody's house and they had a gas range, it was like, oh! <gasps> Oh yes, someone's parents are doing fine, and now it's up here. Yeah. It's like every, it's like Everyone. the first apartment you move into. It it has a, a gas yeah. range, you know, it's just a given. So For you're sure. right. It's probably a north thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the hole in the hole where I'm piping the creme pat. I didn't want to make it any bigger because at first I thought, oh well, I can just kind of like scoop out the eggy part from the inside. But I didn't want to make the hole too big. Because it is, I mean, it's hollow on the inside. It's pretty delicate. I didn't, if I make the hole much bigger, then it could rip the whole thing in half. So mm. I just left it. It's, I filled one and gave it to Doug and he said it tasted great. So like they're edible. They're not, you're not going to eat it and like immediately taste the egg because you have chocolate on top and you have, a, it's filled with cream. So mm -hmm. I think it's going to be fine, but just know that like, give it the time it needs it's calling for in the recipe because it's gonna be eggy on the inside if you don't mm -mm -mm. um so i Some took them out French eggs French eggs i used French butter so. <laughs> wait you did uh-huh what's french butter like you made your own butter no no no. i used um Kerrygold butter yes. or uh, actually that's irish butter i think yeah but you know i'm not here it's good to though. tell you that's not my I'm just here to support you. Yeah, that's not what you're here for. Don't try. Don't be that yeah, person. Yeah, I'll, I'll let our Irish listeners come. Irish <laughs> listeners. Mm -hmm. So Doug. Oh, Jordan. My friend Jordan, who oh. tagged us in that. She is very, I was about to say, very Irish. She, she's sufficiently Irish. Sufficiently Irish? She's she's more than Irish enough. Not that there's a, a, a limit on how uh -huh. Irish she 
I respect everybody. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. More or less, go on, Catherine. I'm all ears. Okay. Thank okay. <laughs> you, So at this point, they're cooling on a on a baking rack, a couple of baking racks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the last episode of House that Doug watched, there was like a booby plot line. So did you say there was a poopy plot line? No, a boob plot line. <laughs> I should schedule a hearing test. This is like ridiculous. <laughs> it's not you can go to any doctor no, and get your breast tour. A poopy plot line? No, Grayson. No, not a poop plot line. It is a doctor show. To be fair, there probably will be a poop plot line at some point. Oh, it, he's watching it right now without you. Oh, anyway, all. let's let's keep this going. Mm-hmm. So they're cooling. And again, they didn't take that long to cool at all. I, as they were cooling, I melted some chocolate to dip them, dipped them. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I did dip them first because originally I was thinking, should I fill them first? But then I thought that it would be a little bit too messy and stressful to dip something that's filled with a cream. Mm. So I dipped them in chocolate and then I filled them and again, did not have piping tips and you... (laughs) You know, with the shoe, it's fine because you're just, you're piping it onto something that you're going to bake them off on. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the um, cream, I needed some, like a firmer tip to really like be able to get into the You needed shoe. a what? A firmer tip. Oh, okay. really going to write that down as a potential. Uh-huh. That's, that's a firmer tip. As far as an episode name, that's fine. That's fine. Firmer tip. You could just, it could be like she needed a firmer tip. You did. I did. You did. It's not a lie. Yeah. No. So you needed a firmer tip to pipe I your cream. A firmer tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had recently, this is, real, I'm going to bring it back, I promise. I had recently bought um, some travel toiletry holders from okay. Amazon because my husband and I are going to Mexico next Saturday. By the They're going to go episode, on their moon of honey. Yes, the moon made of honey. By mm-hmm. the time this episode comes out, we will be in Mexico. And so I got these, these you know, like you put your full-size um, shampoo in them so that you can take them on the airplane without having to check a bag. Those things. So I bought a bunch of them. And in them came a little funnel. <gasps> little, like the size of probably maybe slightly bigger than a quarter in okay. width or su- circumference. Um and it it, probably maybe like an inch and a half long and so I was like this is a piping tip like this is legit a piping tip I can just use this as a piping tip so I did so I put it at the bottom of another Ziploc bag and I punctured Mm -hmm. a hole with it um made sure no plastic was you know got cut off or anything um, and then filled it with the creme pat and then filled my cream puffs and it worked out really well. So the only issue I had with that was that the creme pat was really runny. Well, oh, really? Not, not runny in the sense that it was, uh, watery. Like it tasted great and it was like the right consistency, I think, but it was a lot, I guess I was expecting it to firm up in the refrigerator and it didn't really firm up like I thought it would. So when I put the tip on it and then put the creme pat in the bag, it started to immediately like come out. 
<gasps> not like when you're piping royal ice, not royal icing, but, or yeah, when you're piping royal icing or buttercream where it's stiff enough that it's going to stay before you squeeze, mm-hmm. this like immediately started coming out. So it was just a little messy, mm-hmm. but it worked. It was fine. Um, filled them. And then I, they're in the fridge right now. Um, just firming up a little bit more and, and cooling more um, because I like my cream puffs cold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all in all, it went really well. I was surprised at how well it went. I think now I know a couple of tips, you know, to make sure it goes better next time, um, but mm-hmm. nothing so crazy that like, I'm never going to attempt this again. Originally I wanted to make eclairs, but I decided cream puffs would be like a little still challenging, but not as challenging as trying to make, um, an eclair. Um, is the yeah. difference that an eclair is just longer? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Just longer. Yeah. Cause it's still filled with a creme pat. Yeah. Yeah. And you did the chocolate top. So mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you got some cool tips and tricks and a lot of different, you got to try a bunch of different techniques. So that's good. It was really good. So for, um, as far as ratings, so for, um, looks, I would probably give it a, (laughs) it's, it's interesting because you can see in the pictures where I like was trying to really make sure the sides were getting chocolate, but because it grew taller, it's Mm. hard because you can't get in all the little crevices. I wasn't using like a ton of chocolate. Mm. Um, I think I would give it a three. I like how homemade they look. They puffed up beautifully. They were a beautiful golden brown color. I think the thing that doesn't, maybe like a 3.5. The thing that doesn't make them look great is that with the chocolate on it, it just kind of looks a little messy, but it's chocolate. It's going to be delicious. I'm not like, it's fine. It'll be fine. um, yeah, probably just a three because it just a little, a little messy, a little rustic, a little, a little rustic. rustic. Yeah, for taste, um, for taste, I'm probably gonna give it like a four a because because the creme pat is delicious. It's again just like sugar and butter mm-hmm. and you know milk and cream. It's so good. Um, very low cal. Yeah, the cutting phase. <laughs> You're putting putting in rice cake phase. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like your that more cut. There's a ton of carbs and sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, the shoe pastry. The reason I'm not giving it a five is because it does have an eggy taste because I didn't cook it long enough. But aside mm. from that, the shoe tastes really good. It's very like crispy when you first bite into it and um just really light and delicious um and again chocolate on top amazing mm-hmm. so yeah no i'm gonna give it a four okay and difficulty a big difficulty probably like a 3.5 okay i mean it seemed, uh, it seemed like there was a lot of like and then this and then this and then yeah. we're doing this and now we're back to here or whatever so. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing I liked about this bake is that you only really need to focus on one thing at a time. The reason that I fucked up with the um, cream mixture over boiling is because I decided like, oh, I'm going to try and work ahead and get this egg yolk mixture done really quickly. Like I didn't have to do that. I just chose to. And I like that this recipe, you can do one thing at a time and you're not like constantly rushing. It's not like, you know, make sure you get this thing done really quickly so you can move on to this other thing. So in that respect, I think it made it a lot easier. And um, 
it was just, I, I, if you're going to attempt a pastry, if you're going to attempt a dough, I feel like shoe is a really good place to start. Um, you just need a shit ton of eggs. But other than that, like, it's fine. And you can fill it with whatever you want. Like, you don't have to do, you could fill it with whipped cream if you mm-hmm. want it. Okay. And so then, you're pretty likely to recommend it? Yeah, I'm likely to recommend this. I think, make it. It's great. It's delicious. They don't keep very long. That's the only thing. Yay. Yeah. Sounds like so it went well. It was a good time. Did you have a good experience with your bake? I did. And I'm excited to tell you about it. Okay. Um, but I think the reality of it is, um, I just don't know if you can handle it. Okay. I just, I don't know. I think that like, you might be a little too soft to, to be able to digest this. I think that you're not, I wouldn't call you a snowflake. Um, (laughs) But I would definitely say that you might be a bit of a cream puff because I also I knew it. it. I knew it. Your when face Catherine said it. when Ka- we, as Catherine said, we FaceTime each other while we're recording, and we'll have our text open, and that's where we're sending each other images. I preloaded my cream puff photos, and so when mm-hmm. Catherine sent hers, I thought, oh no, did I send mine? Because. <laughs> She sent through like these little baked puffs, and the difference being she covered hers in chocolate. I just dusted mine in powdered sugar. <laughs> Incredible. But, I mean, we are five episodes in, and fulfilled. I, I, and I, I thought about maybe I'll do like petite fours, like little, little mini mm-hmm. cakes, because you have to do like layers in them. Um, but I just. I, this past week was a hellscape and you know, we had friends in from out of town. So I just thought, okay, this is not the weekend to really go all out. And I thought I'll just do something super easy that I've never done before, (laughs) which is cream puffs. (laughs) Um, Great. I know that in the beginning we were kind of toying around with the idea of like putting our husbands in a text thread together and making sure that they could be like the, checkers to make sure we're not both making the same thing I think we're at the point where we actually have to start doing that I mean but do we think it's gonna do we think it could possibly go because I mean literally so you started talking about your cream buffs uh-huh. and I was like oh okay well you know she might have filled them with whipped cream or like a lot of the American recipes for quote-unquote profiteroles you know mm-hmm. say like bake them cut them in half put vanilla ice cream in them so I was mm. like you know what maybe we're Maybe there's something here. No, because I also did a pastry cream filling. There, there was a difference. So mine did not involve butter. So oh, okay. yours was, um, you know, essentially a, very similar to how you said when you made a curd. Mm-hmm. With mine, you combined the um, the cornstarch, the eggs, the sugar, um, salt, and uh, heavy cream in a bowl and then in the heavy bottom saucepan you warmed up whole milk mm-hmm. you didn't boil it you didn't simmer it you just needed it to get hot mm-hmm. um and then what you did is you took like a half a cup at a time and you put it into the egg mixture to temper it which was very stressful <laughs> as you know because I was like I'm gonna make hot you know uh, scrambled eggs so eventually it worked. I got there and I would, I got past that point and I thought, okay, this has got to be like the hardest part of the whole thing. Everything's going fine. Um, I mix it a lot. It's not lumpy. I put it in a bowl um, and I put a layer of, uh, we have cling wrap. So mm-hmm. or, um, where I think maybe you had saran wrap. 
problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have cling wrap, um, and it just it sticks to bolt. It has like a definitive sticky side, mm -hmm. but it's all we had. So I put a layer of that on top, and I put it in the fridge. And I was like, okay, this will be more than enough time for it to chill. And then I move on to my shoe pastry or my shoe dough. Um, yours had a ton of eggs. Your whole recipe was like egg, egg city bitch. Very uh, egg heavy. So yeah, no vegans need to apply. Um, my, uh, pastry cream was three full eggs and one egg yolk, one okay. added egg yolk. And then the, um, shoe dough was same as you butter salt water a little bit of sugar um butter salt a little bit of sugar water and warming that up you said yours told you to bring it to a rolling boil yes Fascinating. okay i mine just said till the butter's just melted oh, and then okay. took it off and to your point earlier i used a flour sifter Mm -hmm. Um, cause I bought it, I bought it when we did, oh gosh. Um, oh, I bought it for doing the pie that I did for our hundred year bake for doing the ricotta pie because yep. I was sifting the flour into the dough initially to prevent any lumps. And we all heard about how that went cause I didn't measure properly, but so I sifted the flour into the butter, water, et cetera, mixture. You're right. Stirred it. To your point about how difficult it is, um, I'm going to need to start coordinate. We, we'll need to not just coordinate our bakes. I need to coordinate what I'm making with my gym schedule. Because mm -hmm. I did shoulders yesterday morning and then decided I'm going to come home and make this recipe. And I And Chris wasn't home. So I was like stirring, stirring, stirring to the point of failure switching hands to the point of failure mm. <laughs> and just just not even it would I because you you're right you have to mix it so vigorously for it to like really come together yeah um put it back on the stove on low and then like so mine was giving me like really fine time measurements because I used I used both um the shoe recipe and the pastry cream recipe from monpetite4.com Okay. Um, yeah, because they were they were the only. Again, I don't know if it's an inherently American thing, but they were the only website where, when I was looking up like profiteroles, it wasn't just trying to get me to put vanilla ice cream in the shells. Oh yeah. Because um, I was like, which, I mean, there were some parts throughout this process where I was like, I wish I just put yeah. vanilla ice cream. But it's like that you can only do right when you're going to serve it. Mm -hmm. We're not having people over to eat these. It's just, you know, my husband and I will pick these off over the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, so I was like, no, I got to dig in. I got to do this full, the full cream. Um, but so, yeah, I took it off the stove. I only had to mix in two eggs. Um, so I don't know if maybe, like, maybe you ended up, because Catherine's were, you know, looked to be big puffs, big mm -hmm. <laughs> big shells. So I don't know if maybe yours just yielded a lot more dough or what. Um, but I vigorously beat in these two, the two eggs. It got to have a nice shiny stage. And you're right. It's like, you could very much do like a ribbon test on it with a spoon. Mm -hmm. Like you pick it up and the dough will kind of come off, off the back of the spoon. Um, I'm not as, you know, uh, 
endeavoring as you are. So I just bought a piping bag <laughs> offline. And uh, I mean, I guess I just never piped anything before. I once until I like was sitting there and I was like, oh, I've just watched so many people do this on TV. My brain is confused that as my own experience when I've actually never done this. Mm-hmm. So at one point I'm taking the warm, not hot, <clears throat> but the warm shoe though. And I'm like putting it into this bag mm-hmm. and it is just, it's starting to come to the bottom of the bag and starting to come out of it. So I have to start just typing <laughs> immediately. So some of mine that, you know, I sent Catherine a picture of some of mine and there's definitely some that like, you can see there's holes in this and that. And, you know, I did the same thing you did where I went through with like, you know, my finger dipping in water and kind of trying to smooth them out. But you also like, can't quite see where like the layers are overlying enough, overlying each other, but not enough that it'll prevent like a pocket of air from existing. Yeah. So some of them had holes in the side, which, you know, I would eventually use to put cream in them. Um, so I pop. So my directions had us set the oven to 425. I put the puffs in to 425 for 10 minutes. At 10 minutes, you turn the oven down to 375, and then you bake them for another 20 to 25 minutes. So you you, you said yours is like 400 for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating because I was mine were in there and mine look I mean it could be lighting but mine look much darker than Catherine's like when I took mine out I really was like I have overbaked these these are going to be like crunchy in a way yeah they look darker but they are consistently the same color which is nice it's not like one side of them is burnt and the other isn't they're like a nice altogether brown color but they do look darker than mine but maybe that is how they're supposed to look like maybe mine are too light I, I don't mean, know. Maybe, maybe, but it's also just like, so when, and there's another picture I sent Catherine, which is like a bisected image of one that I, after I'd filled it and cut it in half, and the crust just looks like a little bit thicker than I would have mm-hmm. thought like a cream puff looks. Yeah. The, the inside of a cream puff. Um, but, you know, so we, so you, you put it in for 10 minutes, you drop the temperature down to 375, and then you're doing it for 20 to 25 minutes. I just did 20 minutes. And I was like glued to the front of that oven watching these bad boys puff up and get golden. And maybe the lighting in your oven is better. Because I was looking at mine and I did not realize how dark they were until I opened the oven after mm-hmm. the 20 minutes. But um, after those 20 minutes or 25, if, if yours need them, um, I opened the oven up. I popped them out. And I also went to go put cuts in mine. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to do, I wanted to do the, to let the hot air out. I wanted to do the punctures on the bottom of the puffs, but they were so hot. I couldn't grab them to do it. Like I would pick them up and I was dropping them. So I just took a knife and I was like, kind of just doing little slices in the side. Yeah. Like I was just stabbing these little puffs. And, um, I was like, this, this is not like a big enough thing for it to get out. Like this is not good enough, but whatever. So you put them you know, you puncture the puffs, you put them back on the tray, you put that tray back in the oven. The oven is off now. And it, as with Catherine's recipe, was cracked. And I was leaving them in there for 10 minutes to kind of, it's not quite a double bake. And there was some other recipes I looked at that said, if you're doing these shells, you want to do a double bake. So the insides are really dry, not just for flavor and texture, but because that helps them last longer and you can freeze the shells if you want to and then thaw them out later to fill them with cream or whatever. I'm sitting there and I think these are too dark, but it'll be fine. 
So I take them out and then I put them on a cooling rack to really completely cool because to the temperature conversation, I don't want to put this cool cream into warm or, you know, even slightly lukewarm puffs. It didn't matter because the bowl I had put my pastry cream in, and again, I thought I killed the pastry cream. I thought this would be great. This would be great. Um, the bowl I put the pastry cream in had this rubberized bottom and the, the covering I put on it again was clingier than a saran wrap. And all it did was hold all of that heat in that bowl. Ooh. So I, I pull the cover off and I just kind of tilt the bowl a little and I see some moisture kind of coming out of it. So it's, I don't know if it's weeping or separating or what, and it's thick. It is like a solid. It's like a gelatinous, really. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, I don't know what I do. So I take, I take a whisk and I kind of stir and it's kind of bringing it back to life. It's kind of loosening it up. And I thought, I cannot pipe this. If I try and put this in a piping bag, it's going to shoot the piping tip across the room. Like it's just Ooh. not going to, it's not going to happen. So I got an opportunity to do something that I was very excited to do. And I didn't think I would get this chance with this bake just because it didn't seem like something that needed to happen. But I had the opportunity to use my new KitchenAid standing mixer to, I know, I know, to make whipped cream. <laughs> it finally arrived. <laughs> the amount of really nice people in our lives who have reached out to me either in shock or awe to say, you don't have a standing mixer, and then offer to buy me a $400 kitchen appliance that is totally, <laughs> totally not necessary is shocking. People are so kind. People but are really nice. They're really nice. It finally arrived. I am in love. I will never make whipped cream the same again because mm-hmm. instead of having to break out the hand mixer and gas out my already tired shoulders, I put some cold cream in the bowl. I put some powdered sugar. I put some vanilla. I threw it up on high. And within like 90 seconds, I had fluffy, sweet whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And I took that and I folded it in to the pastry cream to lighten it up a little bit. And what I had was something much more workable um, than what it was before. So I went to go load that into the piping bag. And that, I wish I wish I had just like a video of it. it I, I don't know if I overfilled it or what, but it was coming out the tops. It was coming out of the bottom. It was on my hands. And like by the end of cooking these or baking these, I was like sick to my stomach. I was so sick because it would get on my hands and I was holding a cream puff in my other hand, trying to pipe the filling in. And I couldn't, I couldn't put it down to wipe the stuff off. So I was just eating like multiple servings of this cream off of my hand out of pure necessity. I was surviving. I was surviving in the moment (laughs) and I was getting so sick. I was like, my body was like, bitch, you need to eat a vegetable. You have to drink some water. You cannot just give us heavy cream and vanilla extract and think that's going to be enough. I got these filled. And at that point, you know, I commend you for going the extra step with the chocolate because I bought nice semi-sweet chocolate with every intention of melting it down and dipping these in. But like this really from start to finish for me was like three and a half hours. Oh yeah. I mean, it was not like I started at like four something. All of a sudden I was like, Oh shit, I got to feed the dog dinner. Oh no, I need to eat dinner. Like the night was getting away. 
And I was like, I'm going to sprinkle some powdered sugar on these and I am going to walk away from this. <laughs> it ultimately worked out because now, you know, I just got to let you really thoroughly explain it. And I just got to, got to kind of come in and pockmark where the differences were for me. It was a, it was a good time. And like, you know, to your point, they're delicious. And I think I got some skills to go with it. I also am excited to know how to make what I would agree is a very easy recipe, the the shoe mm-hmm. dough. Um, and I actually, before we recorded this afternoon, I had so much leftover cream and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just made some more shoe dough and those were cooling. And then when we get off here, I'm going to go fill those. Nice. And, and have, have even more. Um but yeah, so to to the appearance of them, like I said, they looked darker than I expected them to. But the insides were good. You know, if yours had an eggy taste, mine didn't. I don't think mine had an eggy taste. I didn't try them until they were already filled, mm-hmm. so they could have just been mask. You know, covered up by the by the filling. But for appearance, I'll give it a four. I like the size of them. I think yours are bigger, which is probably better because it's like you get to have like a fuller dessert, whereas like ours are like one or two bites each. Um, taste, I'm giving it a five. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it a five, even if I had to doctor the filling to make it workable, malleable, feasible to put inside of a puff. Um, it's delicious. It's just too good. Difficulty yeah. of bake. <laughs> You said it you said it exactly right. It's not that there's a bunch of moving parts at the same time. You can do it in phases. It's just each phase is temperature sensitive, time sensitive. Mm-hmm. You're working with eggs and heat. You're, you know, trying to dry out the inside of these, but not you don't want them to crack or be too dry overall. You want them to still, you know, kind of cave when you bite into them. Um, so I'm gonna say difficulty bake. One being very difficult. I'm going to say it too. There was just a lot happening. Like I, yeah. it just wore me out. That's why I got so tired. I couldn't even do the chocolate. Um, but likely I had to recommend, I would say a five. I mean, I'm definitely making these again, especially because you can do other filling flavors and do whatever you want with toppings. And, you know, maybe I'll make them and just do whipped cream because that's even easier. But um, yeah, this is, <laughs> if, if it's a failure that we both did the same recipe, I'm happy that we were both successful in, yeah. you know, in our own ways. Uh, but yeah. So our filled week was Ugh. fulfilling. Very much so. Very yeah. I, I think yours look really good. And I also, I do like the idea of adding in some whipped cream to the creme pat because the creme pat is a, I, I could eat a lot of whipped cream. Like, I <laughs> love it. I think it's so good. And it's light and airy and easy to eat. Yeah. Crumb pot is, like, I could get sick eating too much. I, I thought I was literally – my plan yeah. last night, because Chris was out, my plan was I was going to do this bake. It, I, I was going to have a hot date with me, some cream puffs, an espresso martini, and House of Gucci on Amazon Prime. That was <laughs> going to be my Saturday night. I was so – sick from all the pastry cream that I ingested just trying to fill these up that like I just had to lay on the couch with like Bob's burgers in the back and like mm-hmm. breathe through what was happening I was like 
it wasn't even like, oh, I'm being gluttonous. It's like, I just, I, just, I started panicking. But it, you're right, it's so delicious and thick. And oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. But, so, but I think the whipped cream probably helped at least, like, taper it a little bit and give it a little bit more airiness um, because it can it can definitely be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very, very exciting. Um, so I think we will have to create a, uh, a text between Chris and Doug yep. and, um, you know, just casually, hey, babe, what are you making this weekend? So I can let, let so-and-so know. So, yeah. yeah. And then we'll have to address, we'll have to figure out what to do if in the event that we are making the same thing again. Um, yes. Because yeah. it doesn't, it's, you know, it's like if you'd found out I was already making these, would you have been like, oh, I'll just pivot. Like you probably yeah. like, but I want to make these too. No, I would have pivoted. Oh God. Okay. Well, Sorry. you're just so helpful. So I know. Helpful. Not to be a martyr, but I, I mean, well, I, if I had already made them, then I would have been like, yeah, whatever. No. Yeah, we're just going to I did consider while you were kind of narrating your experience, I was like, what can I lie about? I was like, I could just lie. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, no. I, mean, I was like, my pictures are very clearly cream puffs. Like, I can't say there's, yeah. like, I can't say there's anything else in there. Yeah. <sighs> I Google images of uh, a <laughs> jam-filled cookie. I really, I literally was like, I'm just going to say I made petite fours. And I was like, wait, how do I make petite fours? Because I've never made them before. So. Yeah. I was like, I bake some cake and put some jam in between them, and uh, I don't have any pictures. No, no, no. Nope. Uh, oh well. Oh well. Oh. There's real tragedies in this world, and this yeah. is absolutely one of them. Yeah, number yeah. one on the list. <laughs> number one. <laughs> the dual cream puff experience of 2022, Syria. Mm-hmm. Onward. Yeah. Nine Eleven, Benghazi. Oh my god. <laughs> you you think Benghazi is a top human tragedy? No, 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 no. I don't. I was just naming things that have happened. When I said earlier that I like and love everybody and support everybody, if you're a member of the Federalist Society, I don't feel that way about you. Okay? Yeah. You are you're tearing not the fabric of this republic and I won't put up with it for a second. And I will say this to your face. So anyway, our third segment today <laughs> is about the Green Party. Um, we, um, I, so at the dinner celebrating Tony of Tony and Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey, who is an avid listener, um, Hi, she was, yeah, we love her. She has just started watching Euphoria. And so she asked if that was something that we were going to talk about on the show. And I actually didn't know that you were watching Euphoria. Doug and I have just started watching it in the sense that we're already caught up, but we didn't start watching it when it first aired. Mm-hmm. She, she really loves it. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of people have thoughts on the show. Um, if you're not familiar with Euphoria, um, Maybe you watched Skins growing up, which is similar. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like, kids who are going through extremely dramatic and, like, intense things in high school that I'm sure some high schoolers are going through, but certainly not the majority. Like, this is 
this is a heavy show and I don't actually think the demographic is 13 to 18 year olds because the parents probably is? wouldn't let them watch. What? Is that what the listed demographic is? 13 no, no, no. Oh, you're just saying that those are general people in the, their It's a school names. about, yeah, it's like a show about kids in high school, but I don't think people in kids in high school are relating to the sh- show mm-hmm. in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, so I don't, I, 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 when you said you weren't, you didn't realize I was watching it or something like that, um, mm-hmm. I have not watched it. Oh. Yeah. And I won't be. Interesting. I, yeah. So um, I think, I guess it came out last year or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I know Zendaya is in it. She's a huge star. So obviously mm-hmm. that probably drew a lot of people to the show. I have not seen an episode, but by virtue of having an Instagram that I get on, I feel like I've seen absolutely everything I need to see to know that the writing, the stylizing of the show, I think that maybe the overarching plot lines even are something that makes me think that a person assuming that I'm in the demographic that's going to watch this um, is underestimating my intelligence. And... (laughs) I am insulted because <laughs> um, here's, here's my thing. And I had this conversation when I was in Texas visiting a very good friend of ours because um, her and her friends watch it. Like I was flying out on a Sunday and they were kind of talking mm-hmm. about, they were scheduling when they were going to watch Euphoria that night together. And um, their position was, you know, just take it for what it is. You know, obviously this is not a realistic representation of, of people's high school experiences, but it's not meant to be. Okay, that's fine. Then what is it? Right. Because it's not a fantasy show. It's not something that's so far removed from real life. Because you you watch it, and I think the joke that everyone's seen the memes about is like, you'll see someone dressed like Megan Fox going to the VMAs, and it's like, the history teacher, Euphoria High, it's like, everyone is super oversexed, everyone is like, it, we know that everyone playing a high schooler on TV is fucking 35 years old. We know that. That's that's a given. But it's like, it's not so far removed from reality that I can just allow these stories to be something else. I mean, for, for Christ's sakes, Catherine and I went to a public school in South Florida. Like, we've seen a full gamut of high school experiences. I mean, we were nerds, but we were surrounded by pregnancy packs and, you know, people hooking up behind the bleachers during gym a, a period that happens during the day. I mean, uh, you know, some kids were having a fight in the courtyard and somebody got uh, handcuffed to the flagpole to try and restrain them. The other kid got away from one of the administrators and just began pummeling this kid that was handcuffed to a flagpole. I mean, these, this was our, our day-to-day high school experience. Mm-hmm. Um. But I just don't know how that squares with what this show is selling me. And I feel like if you're going to give me a realistic representation of something, do it really well. And if you're going to give me a full-blown fantasy representation of something similar, also do it really well. And it feels lazy. It looks like it feels lazy. So that's where I am. And I love Kelsey dearly. I'm glad she likes the show. I'm glad everyone's enjoying themselves. If I'm going to watch something stupid, I'm going to watch something stupid. I'm going to watch the New Jersey Housewives. I'm going to watch these people on Below Deck not know how to make an espresso martini. I'm going to use it to escape. I'm not going to use it to talk about promiscuity in teenagers and violence, violent drug abuse. 
Like that is not fun escapism to me, but you know, whatever, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. (laughs) I think, I think that's all valid. Um, and I see that perspective really well. Um, you and I had had a conversation like, I don't think it was the last time I came to visit you, but maybe the time before that it was the time that we had brunch in the restaurant that had like the backyard area and the person that worked at the restaurant was getting like reprimanded by their bosses. Do you remember this? Was it you, Laura and I? No, it was just you and me. And you ordered an espresso martini. Espresso oh, yeah, martini. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to um, Apera in Georgetown. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and we we were talking about. I don't remember how it got brought up, but like I started talking about how when I was in high school, I was reading a lot of young adult novels and a lot of them were based around like high school romance. And I read a lot by this one specific author, her name is Sarah Dessen. And she writes a lot of young adult, like new girl in school, but she changes schools a lot because her parents are divorced and she doesn't want to be herself this time. So she, she decides to reinvent herself, but Andrew knows who she truly is on the inside. Like those sort of stories. And when I got older in college, I was like, these are so ridiculous like this is not not only is this not what it's like to be in high school but it's not what it's like to be in love anyone who has a serious romantic partner or even a serious platonic relationship knows that like romantic or platonic love does not is not facilitated in this way it is not experienced in this way in reality um but then I kind of took a step back and really thought about it and decided that maybe that isn't the reality of love in a normal situation or an average situation, but it is how in a high schooler experiences it. In high school, everything is extremely intense. You are experiencing everything for the first time in a lot of ways. It's for many children, the first time that they are making friends and joining clubs without having to ask their parents permission for everything. Their parents aren't setting up play dates for them. They're, they're, getting to decide I don't know that they are being this philosophical about it when they're in high school I don't know that any 14 year old is but they are (laughs) essentially deciding you know what do they like in a friend what do they like in a romantic partner um what about this person makes them sexually attracted to them what doesn't make them sexually attracted and they're just consuming all of this a lot really quickly and it's almost like when a baby is first born and something about like their nerve endings aren't fully connected or something like that and so when a newborn comes out they um tend to like get really jittery sometimes and like even touching them is like a lot for them because they Mm -hmm. just aren't used to having people touch their skin and it's like almost that level of intensity when you're experiencing all of these things in high school and you just don't you've never had to your body has never had to react to them before so it's all doing it for the first time and so when I watch euphoria I try to watch it through that sort of lens like in any world this is an exaggerated show an exaggerated point of view um but at the very least if some someone in high school is watching this and they see Cassie being carried up the stairs by her mom because she threw up in front of her crush or whatever um is her can, crush also her best friend's boyfriend who she was sleeping yes. with yes see i i look i watched a gif on instagram and you know that and i'm like oh oh i can yeah. these connections okay. yeah exactly all right um okay but like even watching that maybe they like haven't experienced 
everything that goes on in euphoria, but they might be able to relate to that moment and think like, okay, this looks idiotic. She's so down bad and does not need to be, and just needs to pull it together. But like, they probably have experienced that level of attraction and intensity before. So in that respect, I find that like, it probably is pretty accurate. Like if I was 16 years old and watching them, I would think like, yeah, that is the exact type of emotion and level of emotion that I would put into something at that age. Um, what I don't love about euphoria are two things, which I think kind of ties to what you also don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one, the plot holes, things like, and it kind of goes along with my second point, which is um, the way that some of the relationships are portrayed when they had the opportunity to portray them differently. So um, this is all going to be spoilers. So just like, <laughs> I don't know, I'll do my best, but just maybe fast <laughs> forward to the end. Um, but there's a character, his name is McKay, and he is, wants to be in a fraternity, and in one of the hazings, while he's having sex with his girlfriend, they come into his room and, like, throw him on the floor, he's naked, and essentially, physically, potentially sexually assault him, like, in his room in front of his girlfriend, and... You know, he has a storyline for a bit, but then it kind of falls off and you don't know what happens to him. And so aside from the fact that you kind of just let this character fall away and didn't do anything about it, you also didn't acknowledge the fact that hazing is a real issue in this country, that this is also a Black man and they have their own level of issues that go into that that I can't even possibly to, like pretend to comprehend. And you're just going to, like, surpass all of that for the sake of continuing the other plot lines? Or, like, that's well, too you're heavy. Gonna, you're you're going to exploit it for its shock value. And that's it. And, and that's what I'm that lazy. It's like, you, to your point, you didn't think about how you're going to continue this and let us see either how this harms this character mm-hmm. or, like, helps their growth. You just thought, like, this would be crazy. And next. And, yeah. and, we're, and we as the viewers are just supposed to go, oh, that's great. No, I want it, yeah. we want it full circle. Close the circle. Close the circle. And even if you are, even if you are in high school or early in college watching this show, like, I, I don't mean to sound like an old person, but like, I would not necessarily want, for example, my niece to see that and mm-hmm. potentially think that like, that is just a normal thing that happens that we don't yes. acknowledge that maybe you get upset over, but it's just a natural thing because he wanted to join this club. And so that's okay. And it was, it was, it is just very lazy of everyone involved to not give this character an opportunity, but instead, like you said, exploit it for the shock value. And also I guess give it, it gave Cassie's storyline more to delve into, but like, so it's it's a lot of that, and there's other ones where like there there's like this disc that someone has that has a sex tape on it, and someone steals it from someone else, and then you just never find out what happens to that. And I've heard a lot of discourse on Euphoria TikTok will, where they'll say that well, Rue is narrating the story; she's an unreliable narrator, so of course there's going to be plot holes because you are being told this story from one perspective. Who and she's a drug addict, so she probably doesn't have all of the information it isn't coherent enough to understand everything that's going on so that could potentially be why there are so many plot holes but I think that as a director and a writer and a creator of the show you have the responsibility to 
lead your audience in a way that they don't even need to question that that's happening. Like if, if that is the intention that she is the unreliable narrator and that is why we have these plot holes, you need to make it more obvious. Cause right now it just looks sloppy and it looks like you're just taking the easy way out because you want to, I don't know, move on to more interesting things. Yeah. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not watching enough shows like this to understand yeah. like what the point is, but it's, it's I don't because you you're the one that turned me on to the West Wing and Aaron Sorkin in the West Wing was very famous for not not babying his audience. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he didn't feel the need to lay it out for you so clearly because the rest of the stories were told consistently and in such a way that if you were following those, you understood what that meant for these other plot lines. Yeah. Um, you know, you understood what, uh, you know, a low opinion poll in XYZ flyover state meant for President Bartlett's ability to nominate this really uh, liberal potential Supreme Court justice. And you understood that, you know, those two things couldn't happen in the same episode so that justice wasn't going to get a nomination or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like they're doing that in the storylines of this show. And another yeah. thing that, you know, I'll try to stop <laughs> that, um, <laughs> you know, uh, my friends, you know, uh, friends were saying, when I was out of town about it, they were saying, oh, it's shot in film. It's really beautiful. Uh, The images coming out are very interesting. I don't think this is like Golden Globes, Emmy level stuff. And that's a lot of the buzz I've been seeing. And, you know, it's, there are people that make those decisions about nominations, but it's like, if I have to see one more fucking gif of that girl saying, I've never been happier while she's crying and screaming in the bathroom, Let's all take a senior level drama class, give it one shot and see. Cause it's like, we've all experienced those big emotions before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes us award worthy actors or thespians, but again, this was, you, you, yeah. I, I've made my feelings very clear. Yeah. If someday I flip like a steak and decide I'm going to watch the whole show, I will publicly apologize on this, but we're just not there yet. We're just not there yet. <laughs> So. Yeah. The, I, the last thing I will say is that I do really like the acting. I do think okay. that the actors are really good. I think that they do a really good job of carrying the storylines that are extremely heavy. Um, and they do it with a lot of gravitas. So as Catherine mentioned, uh, her and her honey are going on their honeymoon. Um, but we have pre-recorded out some things. So I think we should be fine. Um, and if not, I'll just come on here and just spill off Catherine's, you know, dirty laundry and deepest, darkest secrets. Um, yeah. Held in the most confidence for years. Um, and good. the next time we record, our bake is going to be a little bit easier. We're going to be doing cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am going to try and figure out how I can challenge myself. I mean, you know, cookies can be pretty pedestrian. Oh. But, um, you know, there's, I mean, Catherine knows there's, you know, probably what, 50 types of quote unquote, like Italian wedding cookies and and stuff that, you know, we can really challenge ourselves with. Well, um, everybody, thank you so much. Please rate, review and subscribe where you listen to your podcasts. And again, if you are at all inspired to do any bakes, please slide into our DMs. We would love to see them. Yes. And yeah, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think we're good. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Let's get baked. Yeah. Bye, everyone.